0: Alabama AM and head coach Connell Maynard is the subject of this week's Feature Friday as he was just inducted into his second Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusive starts with an s and ends with an s today's episode will start off with our feature friday it'll end off with just the description of where Jalen hicks fits within the north carolina a running back room and then in between, we'll talk about kind of the story that is Jalen Hicks committing to North Carolina a because it is a good story. I guess in a way you can kind of say it's a, a two part, you know, a, a double header of sorts because it's two movies. Really, you have the movie you came to see and then you movie hopping and go to the other one that's in the theater next to you that starts 15 minutes after yours ends. Right. We know how movie hopping goes. But on Locked on HBCU, we'll start with the movie that you came to see, the movie that I told you. You can expect on Wednesday. I told you you can expect this on Friday because this felt like a feature Friday topic. And after I laid it all out, you know what? I was right. I was right. I I try not to say I was right too much. But on this situation, I was right. So Connell Maynard has been inducted into the E.E. Smith High School Hall of Fame. And listen, before anybody tries to even brush this off like it's a high school hall of fame, how many people do you know in any sort of hall of fame? Sport Hall of Fame? collegiate hall of fame um city hall of fame I don't care if it's little league hall of fame I don't know a soul in a hall of fame anywhere this is not a small feat so let's just be clear also he is not a stranger of any sort to hall of fames as he is a Miac hall of famer now I want to lay out everything that he's accomplished because Connell Maynard has had a pretty storied Career, when you look at his involvement in sports and all of the things that it has, but enough of the teasing, let's get into the action, right? So, as a player after leaving high school, because I'm sure that he's getting this not only because of what he was able to achieve in high school, because he did have a really good high school career, but then also what he did after, I think really solidified it. So, as a player out of high school, he went to North Carolina AT and he's a legend there. Not only was he the first player. In North Carolina A&T history to win offensive player of the year within the MIAC. He also won it back to back. He's a back-to-back North Carolina A&T or back-to-back MIAC offensive player of the year at North Carolina A&T. When you look at what he what he was able to do as far as touchdown production, third all time, right? When you combine passing and you combine the rushing with it. So not just passing, but all together. His completion percentage is the highest in North Carolina ANC history. He is a legend for the Aggies. And when you look at that, it's easy to understand why some Aggies wanted him to be the next head coach after they got rid of Sam Washington and before they got Vincent Brown. It's easy to see that because he has the coaching pedigree. Oh, excuse me. He has the coaching pedigree, which we will get to, but he also has the playing pedigree, while he was at North Carolina a and and that's how he was able to be a MIAC Hall of Famer. He was able to turn that into a collegiate or a professional career in the Arena Football League, where he played 12 years, won four championships. So every three years, he was winning a championship. Super successful. He was able to turn that into Hollywood. Yes, Connell Maynard was Hollywood for a little bit. Connell Maynard is a guy who was a stand-in for Jamie Foxx on any given Sunday. He was a guy who was at Remember the Titans with Denzel Washington. Side note, Denzel needs to stop trying to tell people his name was Denzel. That feels like a horrible April Fool's joke. I'm glad that didn't pick up steam. There's no way his name is Denzel. We're here, we're here talking about Connell. We're here talking about Connell Maynard. And we'll leave it at that. But Connell Maynard is a player who has success at North Carolina ANC. Has success in Arena Football League then was able to go into Hollywood and have movies. And then after that, he went into coaching. And I think that he's had a lot of success throughout his time. And I wonder if I were to ask Connell Mayner, what is his pinnacle? What is the greatest thing that he has achieved? What would he say? Because he has a couple of options that he could choose from. Winning back-to-back MEAC Player of the Year, winning four championships. There's one in Alabama A&M I'll mention later. But for me, I think the pinnacle for him it's likely his coaching record at Winston Salem State. Because Winston Salem State, when they moved into the CIAA, which was the first year he was there, they went from one and ten to eight and two. Right? I think the year prior they were in the MIAC and then they went to the CIAA and they went eight and two under his tutelage. That was his first year, eight and two. So it's seven game turnaround. And that was the last year in his four seasons there that he didn't make the D two playoffs. The next year he went undefeated in the CIAA, made it to the semifinals. The next year went undefeated in conference yet again, made it to the finals. The next year he went undefeated in the conference yet again, made it to the playoffs. He lost in the opening round that year. But three straight CIAA championships, three state, three straight excuse me, playoff appearances, a couple semifinals, and a, and a finals in there as well. You're looking at a guy who, is he a MEAC Hall of Famer? Yes, for what he did as a player. I know coaches have a different requirement when it comes to longevity, but just the resume that he had, a couple of black national championships in 2011 and 2012, I believe, you could make an argument that he should be a CIAA Hall of Famer. To me, that's the pinnacle. The dominance that he had over that conference, three straight playoff appearances, a couple of black national championships, that is the pinnacle of his career, in my opinion. Then you add a Hampton. His time at Hampton, he went to Alabama A&M after that. And I think this is another peak for him, right? Because he's had way more success at Alabama A&M. And I think a peak for him, and I'll mention this. One, he won a SWAG championship in 2021, the spring 2021 season. And this isn't so much him. This is a selfless acknowledgement. But Dwayne Taylor and what he's been able to achieve and where I feel like he's going to go. This is potential a, a Coach Maynard coaching tree in, of sorts. Because I think that Dwayne Taylor, he's worked with the NFLPA Bowl. He's worked with the XFL now as an offensive coordinator. I feel good things on the horizon for Coach Taylor. And a lot of that happens under Coach Maynard. I don't know Maynard personally. I don't know what his personality is and how he looks at certain things. So I'll probably incorrectly put myself into his shoes. And just tell you how I would feel if I was there. I get a lot of pride from seeing people around me flourish. And if I can help them flourish, it makes me feel even better. I don't get the pride of saying I put you on. I don't don't get that, right? But just being able to sit there and say I watched and was able to help this person achieve certain goals makes me feel prideful. And I think that Coach Taylor is about to achieve those goals. And if Coach Maynard feels anything like I do. This will probably be one of the highest points in his career. It has nothing to do with actually winning games and losing games and having team success. It's just about watching Coach Coach Taylor and where he goes. So when you look at Coach Connell Maynard, Hall of Famer in the MEAC, could be a Hall of Famer in the CIAA. If I'm voting, he's in for me. couple of AFL championships, been in Hollywood. I think he's done more than enough to be an E.E. E. Smith High School Hall of Famer. He deserves it. Two, possibly three Hall of Fames in his career. Feature Friday. Shout out to Connell Maynard. Going forward, it's time to movie hop. It's time to make sure that the people in the, in the movie theater aren't really looking at you. You need to slide into this other theater so you can watch Jalen Hicks because he is a legacy recruit. And I wouldn't call it a feel-good story because there's a lot more substance to Jalen Hicks being recruited to North Carolina A&T than all. Oh, this feels good. And we'll dive into that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And it's the only place I'd put money down because you know what? If I'm new to FanDuel, it's the best place for me because if I lose, it doesn't matter. No sweat first bet, meaning if I happen to lose my first bet, if I'm not successful, let's say you picked Miami. Let's say you picked Miami yesterday. That wasn't a good bet. You didn't, you didn't win. But you know what? No sweat first bet means they will give you money back. And you can put your money down on, on Miami again for game two if that's what you feel. Or maybe you said, you know what? I learned the error of my ways. I will not bet against Jokic. will not bet against Jamal Murray. Put some money down on Jokic to win the MVP. Put some money down on, on baseball. On the Stanley Cup. Right there's so many things that are still going on, and FanDuel is the place to do it or place to bet on it. At go to FanDuel.com/slash/locked-on. Use the no-sweat first bet if you are a new user, but even if you're not, go to FanDuel.com/slash/locked-on to make every moment more. And as we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HVCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. I truly do appreciate that. And Jalen Hicks is a legacy recruit for North Carolina A&T, but there's so much more substance to that. He's an explosive running back. And we'll get into that in the segment three. But I do want to kind of tell the story because I feel like everything was kind of leading up to this being the case. And it's a good story. You're a second, third generation, like when you're a second or third generation student or student athlete at a school, there's a story that goes with that that's beyond you. So please allow me in the next couple of minutes to highlight some things that are Jalen Hicks adjacent, but not Jalen Hicks himself. And that's mostly his dad, because his dad was a North Carolina ANC running back in the 2000s, Maurice Hicks. And now you're looking at Jalen Hicks, who's going to be a North Carolina a running back in the 2020s 20 years apart similar matter of fact I think now it's not exactly 20 years apart it's not exactly but it's around that range he was the early 2000s this is the early 2020s and Jalen Hicks has a lot of pressure a lot of pressure but does he feel it no he doesn't and I think there was a lot of pressure for him to go to North Carolina a t period pressure is kind of maybe the pressure centered around Hicks should be the focal point of this topic for the next couple of minutes. Because all the breadcrumbs led to him going to North Carolina a and Every single one. If you just follow the path, you would find Hicks at, at A&T. But you know what? We've seen the breadcrumbs lead to places multiple times in recruiting, and that not be what end up, ends up happening. And I think the most famous one for me, at least, at least most famous and most recent one for me, is Dylan Moses out of Louisiana. He was one of the highest-rated recruits out of Louisiana that year, if not The highest. And everybody just assumed he was going to LSU. This was when LSU had a real stranglehold on the state of Louisiana. And it felt like anybody poaching a a, a talent out of that state that LSU wanted was insane. Dylan Moses has been getting hyped since he was in eighth grade. You might remember Dylan Moses, right? Because he was in eighth grade in 2014, I believe, getting comparisons to Leonard Fournette. This was a big deal. Went to school on campus at LSU. And then he ended up going to Alabama, and that was crazy because everything just said he was in high school on campus, just made sense. LSU wanted him. Why wouldn't you stay in the state? He's a hometown kid. Like it just made sense. But then he went to Alabama. So we have seen the breadcrumbs lead somewhere, and then you look around. And that player is not where the breadcrumbs are at. But Jalen Hicks, similar to Dylan Moses, because there was a I'm gonna give you the breadcrumbs for Hicks, is he was on campus at ANC. He went to ANC Middle College. Did he go and play high school or play ball there? No, he played ball at Dudley High School and ran track at Dudley High School. But he went to school on campus. But the biggest pressure is his dad. His daddy, Mo Hicks. Maurice Hicks is a legend at North Carolina A&T. And and you know what? I thought that Jalen had the right attitude and to me it shows the makeup for success he possesses. Right? Or he possesses the makeup for success, I should say. And this was his quote about... His father and the impact of viewing on himself, and I quote, "No, I don't feel like my expectations are higher because of my dad was a great player, and he made it to the league. I think that people have greater expectations of me because he is my dad, and they tend to put pressure on me and make the comparison. To me, I think that takes a lot of mental strength because it's when you look at the pressure that comes from any situation like me, right my dad was not in this business, but there's a certain level of pressure that's still put on my shoulders. There's a certain level of pressure that's put on whoever showed shoulders, right? Because it's just pressure is around. You have to be able to separate that pressure from the moment for a lot of people. For me personally, that's how I have to do it. And I think the pressure of his dad being Maurice Hicks and playing running back and being a great player can be a lot of pressure. But he doesn't feel like he puts it on himself. And you can't. I think that's the right makeup. There's a lot of ways to go about it. I don't want to dive into psychology and everything. I was going to go a little bit down the deep end, and this is not the format for that. But I will say that I think that being able to say, no, I'm not putting that on myself. A lot of other people put that on me, but I don't personally put that on myself. I believe it's the right mental makeup, and it leads to a little bit more success, especially when you look at what he was able to do. When you look at what Maurice Hicks was able to do, Leading rusher in North Carolina a school history when he retired or when he left school. Two-time all-first-team MEAC player. Black college football offensive player of the year his senior year. An All-American his senior year. In his senior year, he also, yeah, that senior year was tough, right? In that senior year, he also broke the D1 and D2 record from most rushing yards in the game with 437. The guy is a legend on North Carolina a and and imagine the pressure that comes with simply being his son, simply being the son of an NFL player, regardless of what the career looked like. The simple pressure of being a, a son of Maurice Hicks growing up in North Carolina a and everybody putting that like he said, they tend to put the pressure on me and make that comparison. But now you also play running back. You play the same position as your dad. Not only are you playing the same position as your dad, you're going to your dad's school. So you're going to North Carolina A&T the same way your dad went to North Carolina A&T. And you already know there's going to be a bunch of old heads who either went to school at the same time as your dad or are older than your dad and watch your dad play. You know the old heads going, man, I remember when your daddy did this. Man, I ain't going to lie. Jalen Hicks, how many times is Jalen Hicks going to hear, man, he ain't no though because he's not he might do things a different way he's not Maurice Hicks he's Jalen Hicks but you know how many people gonna let him have one bad run let his first game not be 437 yards you know man Maurice Hicks man when he got in Maurice Hicks got all his his yards in his junior and senior year that's not a way to to diss Maurice Hicks it's just saying when you look at these comparisons that are completely unfair to Jalen himself these are the things he's gonna have to deal with And in that quote where he talked about the pressures, he spoke about wanting to pave his own path. And most times that would say, you know what, I'm not going to follow his steps exactly. Because these are already big shoes to fill. This is already a a large shadow to outrun. But when you have this shadow, when you have these shoes at North Carolina A&T, suddenly the shadow gets a little bit larger. Suddenly those size 11s turn to size 14s. Suddenly everything feels a lot more daunting to take over but his ability to say I'm still gonna embrace this challenge go head on and put all of the pressures to the side yeah I think that Jalen Hicks has the makeup to be success at least mentally now what can he do on the field what kind of athlete what kind of running back is he let's highlight and break those things down including his fit in the North Carolina a t running back room as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. We broke down the pressures. We broke down the legacy aspect of Jalen Hicks joining North Carolina A&T. And I told you, this is not a feel-good story in a typical sense. Does it feel good? Yeah, it feels good to read this. But it's not a feel-good story because there's a lot more substance In this story than your typical feel good So let's get into the player Because who is Jalen Hicks The player? He's not just Maurice Hicks' son He's not just Maurice Hicks' son Instead he's a player who's a Fluid athlete, extremely explosive He ran track and you can see it in the Way that he plays the game right? He was a 400 meter runner so it's not The 100, it's not that but when he has The ball in his hand you see the explosiveness And a lot of times You see some track athletes Who they do a great job Vertically, going north and south, right? They do a great job in that aspect, but if you go beyond that, maybe isn't the best. Maybe their their lateral quickness isn't the best, but that's not the case with Jalen Hicks. Jalen Hicks is quick laterally, extremely agile. You see it when he puts his foot in the dirt. You see him when he's when he's jump cutting, when he's just doing regular cuts. All of that, he's fluid. It doesn't look tough. It doesn't look the ability to downshift and, and chain speed doesn't feel like it's, it's difficult for Jalen Hicks. And then, of course, when it's about just running, I've seen him outrun angles. I've seen him do that. I've seen him run around the corner. I've seen him run up the middle. I've seen him do everything. But once he gets to North Carolina a and I don't know if he's going to be running up the middle immediately. Let's look at what is, his frame is. He's 6'4", 195 pounds, according to rivals in 24-7. That's tall. It's not big as far as width. But as far as vertical and height, 6'4 is a huge running back. It's not too many Cordero Pattersons out here. You know, one thing I hate, when people try to bring up how something is rare, you bring up something else. No one said it never happened before. No one said this has never been seen. But if I say that seeing a person with six fingers is rare, and you say, oh, I knew a cousin who has six fingers, okay. I ain't say it ain't never happened. I ain't say it it can't be successful. I'm just saying that it's rare. So where does his height come into play? His height and his size kind of comes into play when you look at the other running backs in the room. And I look at Kenji Christian and Wesley Graves. Kenji Christian is 6'2", 207. Compare that to Hicks' 6'4", 195. Two inches shorter, maybe not seems like a big deal. 12 pounds is a big deal. To some, it might not seem like a big deal, but that is a big deal. But when you combine the two, the frame makeup is just different a lot of times. So that's. But then you look at Wesley Graves, and that's where you really see the difference. Wesley Graves bowling ball self five nine two twenty five, right? Christian is according to Virginia Tech's athletic website. Graves is a, is according to North Carolina A and T's website. Five nine two twenty five. That's the guy I want in the middle pounding. That's the player that. I want in the middle of the in 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 between the center and the guard, just going straight up the gut and ramming the offensive, uh, ramming the defensive line, ramming the the linebackers. That's who I want doing that. Meanwhile, Christian or not Christian, but Hicks at one ninety five, he can run up the middle, yes. But I'm not asking him to be your bruiser at all. That's not going to be his role. His role is likely to going to be the be to be the explosive running back, to be the guy who. Maybe catches out of the backfield. And I think that's where we find the most entry because, back to his dad, Maurice Hicks expressed a little bit of what seemed like irritation with the fact that Jalen wasn't able to showcase that he can catch the ball more. Now, I'll be honest with you. 6'4", 195 lends itself to being a wide receiver. Period. Like, I'm not going to say that he can't play running back, but his size, his dimensions, it lends itself to playing wide receiver. And you can still be a run-after catch guy. You can still get the ball in open fields. I don't know, but we'll focus on him being a running back for right now. And I think that the mixture of being a receiver and a running back, he'll be a receiving back. I think that's something he can do immediately. He can come in, and if he really does have really good hands, which is how his dad phrased it, really good hands, then you get a player who just get him in space and let him do what he does. Let him get in space and just say, you know what? You run track. That's where I think you see the immediate success for Jalen Hicks. Like right away, as a freshman, he can get in there, be a part of the running back rotation. He'll get some carries up the middle, but then get him some more off-tackle carries, get him some more swing passes, screen passes, maybe some more routes, which is what his dad wanted, some more routes to where he can catch the ball and be in open field because at the end of the day, he is the leading or he has the best time in Dudley High School history in the 400-meter. Allow him to showcase that now that he is at North Carolina A&T. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say as far as what his role could be today. But I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day, every day. Hopefully, from an every day is on Monday's show. I know they have the, the this big camp with Willie Simmons, Bubba McDowell, and, and a couple more HBCU coaches are there. Hopefully, we get some sound bites from there that we can dive into on monday but starting next week we'll be going to three days a week monday wednesday friday and i'll make sure to remind you on monday but either way continue to make us your first listen of the day every day and in the meantime in between time if you're looking for me you can find me on twitter at south exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace